0: You're listening to a Wheeler Centre podcast. The Wheeler Centre's Spring Fling returns for 2023. From October 2nd to 14, we're celebrating the big ideas and the small moments that make us human, and the creative thinking that drives us to be better versions of ourselves. This year's theme is Above and Beyond, and across 24 captivating events, we're looking further, delving deeper and asking bigger questions with outstanding thinkers who are reshaping our world and envisioning extraordinary futures. Tickets to Spring Fling 2023 are on sale now. Explore the full program at wheelercentre.com. To celebrate the return of Spring Fling, let's revisit last year's opening night gala at Melbourne Town Hall, where a star-studded lineup of writers reflected on a personal light bulb moment. A defining shift that changed their mind, sparked a big idea, or helped them blossom. Enjoy this highlight from disability advocate and Heartbreak High star, Chloe Hayden. Hi,
1: everyone. Um, My name's Chloe Hayden. I'm 25 years old. For those of you who are visually impaired, I am a white woman with green eyes and very, very orange hair. I am wearing flowers and a green dress and a suede jacket. Um, Before I get started, I just wanted to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and pay my respects to elders past, present and future. Um, And most importantly, I wanted to honour Cassius Turvey. Sovereignty was never ceded. I have always been in love with the idea of fairy tales with a world of pastel colors and flower-covered fields and fairies and princesses of magic and of spontaneous music. A world in which the lead is considered a hero because of their differences, rather than ostracized and pushed aside because of them. A world where good and kind always overcome scary and evil, a world where happily ever afters are a given rather than a hopeful yearning. Growing up, I desperately wished to be part of this world. I named all of my soft toys after Disney characters, spoke almost solely in Disney quotes, hoarded fairy tale memorabilia like a little goblin, blacked out at Disneyland when I was 18 when I saw Tinkerbell from a distance, and <laughs> you're laughing, but it wasn't funny. The ambulance had to come. Um, (laughs) But I got to meet Tinkerbell, so it was fine. Um, And for a large portion of my life, I only wore clothing that I believe resembled my favorite fairy tale princesses. I looked to these princesses, fairies, and anthropomorphized woodland creatures and pines with every fiber of my body to be like them and to have, as they did, a firm understanding of my place in the world and who I was supposed to be and to be comfortable in my own skin. Every night, I left my bedroom window open on the off chance that Peter Pan would realize he'd left a peculiar little girl behind and take her back to the land of pirates, pixies and mermaids, away from her own lands, which made absolutely no sense to her, and where her own journey was as difficult as the hardest path in any fairy tale. Day after day, year after year, I sat wishing, hoping, praying, But Peter never came. I knew throughout the entirety of my childhood that my mind, in all that it was, wasn't accepted nor wanted by society. I knew that it was a neurotype that for far longer than I have even been alive, the world has been saying it was wrong, it was too much, it was too different. If the obvious hyperfixation on Disney and the society's depreciations of my mind hasn't made it abundantly clear already, I'm autistic and for a long time I was under the impression that my mind was wrong, was, black, was bad, was a mistake and was a glitch. This realisation, while created by social stigmas and the looks I got when I told people I was autistic and the education system and the medical system was spurred on by the lack of representation that I saw of myself in media. Autism and different thinking has never been shown in media, not in ways that a young autistic girl can actually see herself and relate to and to know Sheldon Cooper and Rain Man and What's Eating Gilbert Grave do not count. So I had to find myself in other forms of characters, characters that were never actually specified to be neurodivergent, but that I could see my unmasked true self in, that I could find comfort and sameness in. Often, these characters came in the form of fictional princesses and oddballs that in their universe and in their story are the heroes because of their differences. Vanellope von Schweetz from Wreck-It Ralph and Astro Boy and every single cast member from Mr Magorium's Wonder Emporium. If you haven't seen that movie, please, as soon as you get home, watch it. I, it is my favourite thing of all time. I think there should be theme parks dedicated to this movie. I am so deeply in love with it. Um, I digress because that isn't the point of my story. Um, Perhaps the most important character that I could relate to was Anna from Frozen. The moment that I watched Frozen for the first time as a selectively mute 16-year-old, I found an immediate relation and comfort in Anna and her bold, bubbly, unapologetic personality. Anna was loud and she was bubbly and she moved in ways that mimicked mine and spoke in ways that mimicked me. Anna, in all that she was, was the person that I had once been before the grips of society's unmeetable expectations had taken their grasp on me and forced me into the shell of the bubbly little girl I had once been. I latched on to Anna immediately and for my 17th birthday, with the only thing on my wish list being a Princess Anna costume, I was so incredibly delighted to have received exactly that. When I decked myself out in this extravagant, four-layered, six-piece dress, complete with a plaited wig, a pink cape, and painted boots, I was no longer Chloe, fearful of the world, and shy and quiet. I no longer felt the weight of society's unwritten and unnecessary expectations. Instead, I was simply Anna. My story is a remarkably long one. My 25 years of life can't possibly be reduced to a seven-minute talk, but at the age of 17, I was at this point being homeschooled because of intense bullying at school, and my psychologist at the time saying saying to my parents they wouldn't have a daughter any longer if I continued in the mainstream schooling system. My mental health was in the absolute pits, and I was volunteering at a local disability center two times a week where I would sing and play the ukulele, and it was the only place in the entire world outside of my own home where I could have a voice, where I was able to speak. Because these people were just like me, I knew that they had no hidden intentions. I knew that who they were was exactly who they were supposed to be. I knew that whatever planet I had come from, they had come from too. My boss at this center, who had seen numerous photos on Facebook that my mum had posted of me, asked if I would come and dress for the residents, And knowing that these people already loved me for who I was, I eagerly agreed. That one performance turned into another, which turned into another, which turned into my confidence in my identity growing, which then turned into being asked to to perform at the local fair, which turned into me learning how to have a voice and to speak to people, which then turned into my ability to communicate growing. That fair gig turned into more performances, which turned into me being asked to do kids' birthday parties and parades and charities, which eventually, at the age of 18, turned into me running my very own character entertainment company, complete with 12 characters and employees. Only a few months beforehand, I couldn't even leave the house. I still couldn't speak unless I was dressed up as a princess. It was then that I came to a realisation. If I can be this person that I have always dreamed of when I am dressed as a princess, there is no reason why I can't also be this person when I am just simply Chloe. Isn't it ironic that a fictional fairy tale character was able to help me learn how to be completely, indisputably myself? Isn't it sad that a fictional fairy tale character was the only place I was able to find myself? Although a long time coming, and in a somewhat unusual way, that realization kick-started my journey into being the person that I am today. A person who is boldly me, a person who is proudly me. As I've previously stated, my fairy tale is far too long to share its entirety right now. There are a million more chapters that led me to standing on this stage in front of you today. If you're itching to wonder what those chapters are, my book is available to purchase. Yo, that was such a good self-plug. Anyway. (laughs) But what you do need to know is that once upon a time, there was a young, mute, autistic girl who was so positive that she was a mistake that when she was seven years old, she wrote in a journal to God asking why she had been born. She was so positive that she wasn't supposed to be here. Now... That same girl is standing before you today with enough words in her mouth to speak for all of Australia. I have a lot of lost time to make up for. And she is proudly autistic and knows who she is wholeheartedly. Now I can proudly stand on the stage and speak to every single one of you. Now I can pack away the wig and the extravagant dress and the boots and know that I no longer need to hide behind the mask of a princess to realize that my happily ever after is right here with me. I'm now a motivational speaker, talking to groups of thousands of people across the globe and helping other young people to realize that who they are in their entirety is exactly who they're supposed to be. I'm now a disability advocate with more than half a million followers. I'm now a best-selling author sharing my story. I'm now an actor, Australia's first ever mainstream autistic actress, which shouldn't be the achievement that it is. There should be millions of people before me. And, again, something that shouldn't also be an achievement, one of the first autistic people in history to play an autistic person on telly. I'm making sure, oh, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) I'm making sure that other young people can grow up seeing themselves represented. Young people deserve to see themselves represented in all forms of media. Young people deserve their lives to be more than a stigma and more than a statistic and more than a stereotyped prop. They deserve to see themselves in more than a fictional fairy tale character. They deserve to see themselves in real people in all walks of life. My lightbulb moment Came in the form of knowing that who I am is all I ever have to be. And while I hope it doesn't take you as long as it did me, I hope that can be a lightbulb moment for you too. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Chloe Hayden, recorded at Melbourne Town Hall on Wednesday, the 2nd of November, 2022, as part of the Wheeler Centre's Spring Fling Opening Night Gala Lightbulb Moments. Tickets to Springfling 2023 are on sale now at wheelercentre.com. You can explore the full programme, including details of this year's opening night gala, above and beyond, at Melbourne Town Hall on Wednesday, the 4th of October.